0: Hi and welcome to this week's Brain or Shine podcast with me Jules and Mark where we help people to navigate brain injury together.
1: I suffered a traumatic brain injury in a freak accident back in 2012 and after only a few short months I was signed off from hospital and told more or less to live my life as normal, which we set about trying to do. However, nothing prepared us for the non-physical side effects of sustaining such an injury to the brain could have. Many of these effects are still challenging us on a daily basis,
0: but eventually we gained valuable support and knowledge which has given us an insight how to live life on our terms. And then we began to create this community, Brain or Shine, to help you to also understand how to live with these
1: effects and to shine. So today we're going to look at three common side effects of brain injury. These are obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD, which is a bit easier to say, Mm -hmm. noise sensitivity and avoidance and isolation. So we'll start with obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. What is OCD? Well, it's basically a pattern of unwanted thoughts and fears. They are the
0: obsessions that lead you to do repetitive behaviours, which are called compulsions. And these obsessions and compulsions can interfere with everything that you're doing every single day and also can cause some distress.
1: Some common types of compulsive behaviours, I guess, would include cleaning and washing your hands repetitively. They could be counting things, hoarding things, and just constantly checking things over and over again to make sure they're right or they're in the same place.
0: Now, these repetitive behaviours are meant to reduce anxiety related to your obsession or prevent something bad from happening. However, doing these compulsions don't always make you happy and may offer only temporary relief from that anxiety.
1: Even if you try and ignore or stop the obsessions, this can often increase your distress and anxiety. Ultimately, you feel driven to perform compulsive acts even more to try and ease your stress.
0: Absolutely. And despite your efforts, which quite often I know that you particularly do, to ignore or get rid of those thoughts or urges they keep coming back and you know what? This leads to more ritualistic behaviour and this is the vicious cycle of OCD.
1: Yeah, it's certainly something I've noticed in myself. One thing is when you're planning to go somewhere, when you need to leave to go somewhere and you know you've got everything you need, but I'll still go through and check the bag again. It's like, oh, have we got the key or oh, have we got the document that we need? I know we had to do something which involved taking a passport with us, which is probably the most obvious thing. I knew you'd do that, but I needed to see the passport to make sure you got it. So it can be things like that from time to time. I remember when we first set up our Instagram and Facebook pages on our business originally, and I would go into it and just check it over and over and over again, just to see if somebody had interacted with it. And it got to that stage where I just found that I was checking it so much that in the end you had to take over.
0: I can remember back in the early days, the OCD became apparent and I would watch you talking to people and having the same conversation. And you were repeating the same things every single time because you had something in your mind. And this was to do with your driving and a company that you were freelancing with and you just seem to have to have this conversation all the time and I didn't realise it was OCD at that point until we'd delved into the effects of your brain injury that we found out oh that's why your behaviour changed in that way
1: yeah it makes it started to make sense didn't yeah, it because absolutely. yeah I had absolutely no idea and sometimes I didn't realise I'd had that conversation before as well so yeah it was quite yeah. fascinating really
0: And your attention to detail now is so heightened that it's almost impossible. Sometimes I get really frustrated because if he's creating a document, for example, and he's putting an image in it, it has to be exactly in the centre, has to be at the exact right size. And he will fiddle with it for ages, where in reality, nobody would know it was less than 1.5. Not not, 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 one millimetre out from the centre. But, but Mark would. But I do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, as well, you was typing up a document earlier, just with some rough notes on it, and there was a spelling mistake in it. I had to change the spelling mistake. Oh, no. In reality, it didn't make any difference. No. But no. it made me feel slightly better for that moment, and I didn't really stress about it. No.
0: And I think that, as the person living with you, with the OCD traits, is you just have to accept that that's part of their behavior now and the more that you would like them to maybe not do it or change it it becomes harder for them to possibly change that so sometimes when you're seeing that and you do get frustrated i just
1: go and put the kettle on and make a cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) from my own point of view as well i do try and walk away from some things and think you know that doesn't really matter or if you say for instance tell me that i don't need to worry anymore about that i'll trust your judgment on it and think Right, I need to stop worrying now. I need to push it out of my mind and think of something else.
0: That's good. And that is another way that you can support your partner or loved one or family member is to explain to them that it's not the concern that they think it is or it's all resolved now and just help them move
1: away from it. So you could almost say that suffering from OCD could heighten the following topic, which we're going to talk about, and that's avoidance and isolation. So what's avoidance and isolation?
0: Again, these are common side effects of a brain injury, and what they involve is withdrawing from social interactions and situations, mostly due to your fear, your anxiety, or possibly difficulties in your communication or your cognition
1: at that point. Yeah, these are things that I've been really, really aware of. There's times where I've missed a friend's party because. I've been really scared that there's a lot of people there and it's going to be noisy and it's going to be busy. Also, I used to be one of these real social animals. And if there was an opportunity to go and talk to somebody, I would. I would find it really hard to walk away without having a conversation or saying hello or goodbye to somebody. I often used to say that you could talk for England. You did indeed. But then I found myself avoiding people because I would look up and I think there's somebody over there. They're going to want to have a conversation and I'm going to really struggle because maybe I'm feeling a bit fatigued or my concentration levels aren't as high. So I would go and avoid that person. And then I'd start beating myself up and get a bit anxious because I think maybe that was a little bit sort of rude. And the avoidance then heightens the anxiety and starts playing on your mind, which again, I suppose, then it's something you fixate on and maybe go and apologise to them multiple (laughs) times. So those two are linked together quite closely, really.
0: Being able to recognise when your loved one is having periods of avoidance and isolation, you can see that they would prefer to spend sort of time on their own and would avoid situations like you were doing. It's like, oh, well, I can't go there because it might trigger my anxiety. But your anxiety obviously is already triggered. They have difficulty maintaining conversations with people. So those are the little things to look for if you're worried about your person that's got the brain injury whilst talking about avoidance and isolation one of the things that can trigger someone wanting to avoid being in any situation is noise sensitivity and that's something that gets really heightened if you've had a brain injury
1: yeah i actually heard this once called the exploding head syndrome (laughs) (laughs) exploding head syndrome it's the perception of loud noises yeah, so noise sensitivity. This is something that I've really, really suffered from over the years. And it can be sometimes just simple, normal sounds so like the TV being on or somebody playing a game on a phone, I just find the noises intolerable and it can become really overwhelming. It can also cause discomfort and even pain in the side of my head. One classic example I can give you is sitting in a coffee shop. So I can hear somebody making a coffee and maybe the machine's making lots of noises. There's somebody having a conversation over the other side of the room and it just becomes overwhelming. This is caused by the perception of loud noises and it can also happen when I'm asleep.
0: This does happen to you quite a lot when you're asleep and I can see that it elevates a great deal of fear and confusion and distress in you when this is happening I can feel you shaking in the bed and it's almost like you're on a plane and you're having like really bad turbulence and then often you'll sort of leap up out of bed absolutely shaking with fear don't you
1: yeah yeah I had that actually last week oh. where I think the blind was rattling in the wind I was having this dream that somebody was walking in the room And I was thinking, who's this person? And it made me literally just jump up and look around and realize where I was. Thankfully, this doesn't happen all the time and it's got lesser over the years, but it was certainly massively linked to anxiety. And when I was feeling really, really down or really, really stressed, By removing the stress from the daytime has now helped me to have a lot better night's sleep, I suppose.
0: That's very, very true. Something I would hugely suggest that if your partner or person with a brain injury is suffering like this, the best way to try and alleviate it is to calm the days and the evenings and that so that they can get a good night's sleep. In terms of the noise sensitivity through the day, that's quite difficult because very often you don't have any control on the neighbour's dog barking all day, for example, or we've got at the moment, somebody's having some work done in their garden and there's diggers and all sorts going on and it's clattering all day long, isn't it? So when it gets too much, we just go for a walk.
1: Yeah, it's about removing myself from the situation. I feel totally comfortable going into a coffee shop with some friends and saying, do you mind if we sit over there because it's a bit quieter? It's just about recognising the surroundings.
0: If you'd like to know more about these side effects, learn some coping mechanisms and tools, you can do this via our blogs, webinars and our online programme.
1: Just head over to our website, which is brainorshine.com and you'll find all the links on there. There's also an Instagram feed with lots of tips on and you can join our Facebook community page. But we look forward to catching you in the next episode for more tools and tips. Thanks for listening. Thank you and bye for now.